I, I love the series we're in part of. We, we found out that every person on this globe wants to be happy. What might be shocking is we found out that God wants us to be happy, and actually He gives us the pathway to happiness. Uh, often we choose the wrong path, and, and we have to learn the ways of God. I want to start by talking about a, a movie you may have heard about. Here's the poster from it. It's called Hall Pass. And, and please let me say this. This is no endorsement of this movie, okay? It's a really pretty nasty movie, what I can hear. It's, I've never watched it. In fact, when I put it on the screens, Jeremy Swindle called me and said, Are you sure you want to put this up there? He had watched it. <laughs> no, he hadn't, okay? But it, it's really pretty, it's bad, and you'll understand it in just a moment. It's two couples that are struggling in their marriage, and, and they decide to try something radical to make it better. Both the wives give their husbands hall passes, which means for the one week, they can do anything they want to, and there are no questions asked, hence the R rating. This is a pretty bad thing, but here's the crazy thing is that in the long run, when they can go have sex with anybody they want to, drink anything they want to, smoke anything they want to, in the long run of the movie, it's complete chaos and misery. And even the critics from Hollywood were a little surprised. One wrote this, Filmgoers will be surprised by the movie's defense of traditional domestic values. So even a crazy movie like that says, in the long run, that kind of freedom doesn't work. But then on the other hand, I hear about God's freedom, and it doesn't sound like freedom. I mean, look at Romans chapter 6, verse 18. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. That sounds like giving up one form of slavery for another. I don't know about you, but I've always struggled with this section of Scripture. And today we're going to talk about it. So here's what we're going to do today. We're going to look at two views of freedom. We're going to look at two of the results of freedom. And then we're going to talk about two ways for you or I to approach life in your choice. Let's go to two views. What is the American view of freedom? Let me give you a few ideas here if you're taking notes. Freedom means no restraints in my life. The, the American view of freedom is as long as I follow my heart's desires and I don't hurt anyone, I should be able to do anything I want to do. There are no restrictions, there are no restraints, and I feel no obligations. This brings me to the next point. Freedom means me being in control of my life. American freedom means nobody has the right to tell me anything. Certainly nobody has the right to tell me what's right and what's wrong, not even God. Because when God does it, here's what we believe suddenly. Even when God does it, what he's really trying to do is steal my happiness. So, the Apostle Paul is going to address this in Romans chapter 6. We'll get there in just a moment. Now, understand this. Paul understands legalism. He understands what it means to have way too many rules. He's lived under that. He's opposed to that. We've all been places where people were so uptight, or Christians were so uptight, there was no joy. Next week, we will address that in a message about God has given you everything to enjoy, okay? But we've all seen where, man, the rules are so strict, 
that, that you're, you're, you're hemmed in. I think about my four-year-old grandson, George, who you guys probably know is in school in all places in New York City, all right? Two days last week, Lindsay got a note from his teacher saying that there were some behavioral issues that they needed to talk about. So Lindsay's calling us like all uptight. What are they going to say, you know? Has George hit some kid? You know, what has he done? And, and so the, the first day she gets there, and here's the problem. The teacher says George has misbehaved, and Lindsay says, please tell me what it was. And the teacher says, he took his shoes off during nap time. I said, Lindsay, tell this woman there are schools in Montgomery, Alabama where you can go barefoot. <laughs> but, but the teacher said, no, no, no. If there was a fire in the school, his feet would be burned, all right? So they got over the shoe thing. And, and then the next day, she's called back in again. She's thinking, what has happened? And on this day, he's in trouble because he needs to learn to transition quicker. In, in other words, here's what happened. On this certain day, they have art class. George knows the schedule by heart. And they changed it to theater. And so George raised his hand, but his teacher said, no, ma'am, we're not supposed to be going to art. We're supposed to go to theater. And she said the whole way down the hall, he's telling the other little kids, guys, we're not supposed to be going to theater. We're supposed to go to art. And then he got to the theater class and raised his hand and told the theater teacher, we're not supposed to be here. We're supposed to be in art. I'm saying don't punish a kid that just knows the schedule. What do you think? Sometimes rules are just overbearing, and Paul understands that. Many of us have been there. But Paul says, what I want you to do is I want you to understand real freedom. And it doesn't come with no rules and no obligations. Now, I want, this, this is what really helped me this week, to read Romans 6 out of the message translation. Sometimes it just brings it alive. So I want us to walk through verse 15 through 23 rather slowly. Paul says this. So since you're out from under the old tyranny, does that mean we can live any old way we want? Since we we're free in the freedom of God, can we do anything that comes to mind? Hardly. You know well enough from your own experience there are some acts of so-called freedom that destroy freedom. Offer yourselves to sin, for instance, and it will be your last free act. But offer yourself to the ways of God, and the freedom never quits. All your lives, you've let sin tell you what to do. But thank God you started listening to this new master, one whose commands, not a bad word, set you free to live openly in his freedom. I'm using this freedom language because it's easy to picture. You can readily recall, can't you, how at one time the more you did, just what you felt like doing, not caring for others, not caring for God, the worse your life became and the less freedom you had. And how much different is now as you live in God's freedom, your lives healed and expansive in holiness. As long as you did what you felt like doing, ignoring God, you didn't have to bother about right thinking or right living or right anything for that matter. But did you call that a free life? What did you get out of it? Nothing you're proud of. Where did it get you? We've experienced this. A dead-end street. It's just dead-end. But now that you find you don't have to listen to sin tell you what to do and had discovered the delight in listening to God telling you 
What a surprise. It is. A whole, healed, put-together life right now and more and more life on the way. Work hard for sin your whole life and your pension is death. But God's gift is real life, eternal life, delivered by Jesus our Master. Oh, I love that passage. Paul says when you buy into this American view of freedom that says you can do anything you want to do, whatever you feel like doing, whatever your emotions and compulsions are, if you do that, it really leads to to slavery. We we sometimes soften the word. It leads to addiction. Isn't it sort of ironic in America, the land of the free, where we bought into this idea of freedom that, that we're having to have all these recovery groups we have them here in this church because we all tend to get addicted and and this kind of freedom that we thought you know if i could just smoke what i want to smoke and drink what i want to drink anytime and do it can lead me if i can take whatever pills i want to man that that's freedom The, the truth is like paul said it's absolute bondage so we need to see the christian view and let me tell you a couple things about it the christian view of freedom is this freedom is not having no restraints Freedom is finding the right restraints. Read that line with me. Freedom is finding the right restraints. Not no restraints, but the right restraints. See, God's made some restraints for you that are good for you. You see, it, it appears to us that freedom's the answer when it's not. Uh, for, for instance, uh, let's say that you decide to tinker with the game of football, okay? And, and you think there are just too many rules and they're too restrictive and they really slow the game down, and they slow my enjoyment down. So first of all, you say, it's so hard, you know, to tell whether there's really a face mask penalty or not. Let's do away with that penalty. And, and certainly, man, those holding calls get in the way. Of, I mean, my, my back's gone 30 yards, and now we've got a 10-yard penalty on holding. And, you know, so, so let's, let's just do away with the holding. And we love kickoffs, and we especially love kickoff returns for a touchdown. So let's stop this blocking the back rule because we, it, the game would be so much more fun if we didn't have to stop for all these penalties and that there were no these rules and yet if you think about it long term number one if, if we did that there's gonna be a whole lot more injuries and number two the game will end up not being exciting it will end up being just the opposite it will be chaos and, and so we, we wouldn't we wouldn't think about doing that because there needs to be some rules but here's the truth Within those rules, there are great freedom. The rules actually give you freedom. You can run whatever defense. You can run a 4-3 defense or a 3-4 defense. You can run a traditional I-formation offense or a full house or a, you know, a speed attack you know, where it's, it's, it's all fast. Or you can do it slow. You can do huddle or no huddle. I mean, you can do trick plays. You can run the ball, pass the ball. I mean, you've got freedom within the rules to do all kinds of things. You can play those trick plays. But you've got to have the rules to set the parameters. And my friends, that's the truth about life. If we'll listen to God's rules, we'll have real freedom. It will lead to a whole lot less chaos in our life. So, here's our next point. Freedom is living in harmony with God. That should make sense to us. Freedom is living in harmony with God. In other words, guys, God knows you. He created you. He gave us the the greatest compliment. He created us in his image to be like him. 
So guys, when I go against God, I'm going against the flow of the whole universe. Only when I line up with God do I really do well. Reminds me of my daughter Lindsay. When she went off to kindergarten, um, she came back home after a couple days. I said, baby, how do you like kindergarten? She said, I don't like it. I said, why don't you like it? She says, the only thing they're teaching us, Dad, is how to line up. And I already know how to line up. She was just bored stiff, and we thought she might be right until we got her first progress report. And she did good on everything but one thing. Guess what it was? Lining up. So it sounds easy, guys, but there's all these distractions and all these temptations, and there's this philosophy that says, if I feel it, I better do it, that keeps me out of God's divine harmony. And so, guys, real freedom is found when your life lines up with God. You know, we've tried this experiment in America over the last few decades of of freedom. We call it the sexual revolution. And we're living in the wake of it. We're living in all this brokenness because it, it sounded right, it felt right, but it messed us up. When it comes to sex in a culture that says we're crazy to think that sex only belongs in marriage, we've got to learn to trust God. Now, our strongest arguments are not that you might get pregnant or you might get some kind of disease. Our strongest argument is God made you, He knows you, He loves you, and you've got to trust Him on this one. So, do you have the American view or the Christian view? What are the two different results of these views? Okay, let's contrast them. First of all, we've got freedom from restraints. No restraints. That's what the world says is freedom. On the other hand, we're talking about God's freedom, which is not so much from something, it's for something. Freedom for fulfillment. God says what I want to do is free you from all those things that are going to hold you back, that are going to make you unhappy, that are going to keep you from excellence in life. Now, if you go to freedom from restraints area, you you end up in what we call self-indulgence. In other words, whatever I feel like doing, I do it. If you follow God's path, it leads you to something that sounds bad on the outset, but it's really awesome. It's self-discipline. You see, if you want to achieve something in any area of life, if you want to get good at it and free at it, if you're playing football, that's why they practice you over and over and over again so that by the time you get to the game, it feels natural. If you're taking piano, you can't just walk up to the piano and say, man, I'm free to play the piano, and it sounded good, it'll be a disaster. But if you go to the lessons and you learn how to play the keys and you go over and over and over the same drills, eventually you'll be able to play the piano and eventually you'll have freedom in playing the piano. You can be creative. I mean, you can play any way that you want to within that freedom. And that's what happens when we learn self-discipline. Now, one of my favorite Christian authors is a guy named Philip Yancey. Some of you read his books. Philip Yancey grew up very similar to the way many of us grew up, in a very legalistic setting. But he, he ends up understanding grace. He writes one of the best books out there, Amazing Grace. Now, he had a brother, though, who chose the other way for freedom. And he writes about this brother. Listen to this. In an attempt to break the shackles of a confining upbringing, my brother went on a grand quest for freedom. 
trying all the worldviews like changing clothes, Pentecostalism, atheistic existentialism, Buddhism, New Age spirituality, rationalism. He joined the flower children of the 1960s, growing his hair long and wearing granny glasses, living communally, experimenting with sex and drugs. For a little while, he sent me exuberant reports of his new life. Eventually, however, a dark side crept in. I had to bail him out of jail when he had an LSD trip and it went bad. He broke relations with every other person in our family, and he burned through several marriages. I began to get late-night suicide calls. Watching my brother, I learned that apparent freedom can actually mask deep bondage, a cry from the heart of unmet needs. Listen to this. The most musically gifted person I have ever known ended up tuning pianos not playing on a concert stage. Fill in the blanks with somebody you've known. That kind of freedom leads to disaster. So in the long run, freedom from restraints leads to misery. And in the long run, freedom for fulfillment leads to you and I being happy. Now let's just look at a few passages that back this up. Matthew 16, verse 25. Jesus says something that's really a paradox. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. Let me, let me change that into our vernacular. If you make it your goal to be happy, instead of pleasing God, you won't get either. But if you decide to please God, you'll get both. The most miserable days in our life is when it's a self-centered kind of happiness that I think I can achieve by doing what I want to do. The surprising happiness is when I lose myself in serving God and serving others, I'll really find it. Look at this passage. James chapter 125, just when you see two words together. For whoever looks intently into the perfect law, say that word with me, law that gives what? You guys awake with me today? That gives freedom. Actually, when you understand God's perfect law, it leads you to real freedom. Those things are not contradictory. And then look at what Jesus said in this beautiful passage, Matthew 11, verse 28 and 29. Jesus says, please go to the next slide. One more slide. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Guys, again, Jesus is here addressing these Pharisees who have burdened people down with all kinds of rules and regulations. He said, that, that's not the way to life. You come to me, I'll give you something different. I'll simplify this thing for you. And I will give you rest. Look at the next part of the verse. Take my yoke. Now, what was a yoke? A yoke was a wooden piece that you put across two animals so you had the strength of both of them pulling. The, the, the law was known as the yoke. Jesus says this law the Pharisees has given you have led you to nothing but misery because nobody can keep all the rules and there's no grace. The yoke that I will give you will lead you to happiness. Here's what he says. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for my so your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Well, what Jesus is saying is, listen, my yoke fits. And, and, and when you go by my restrictions, you're going to find real life. So let's boil it down to this contrast. Two ways to approach life, okay? 
Don't want you to leave without this choice. Here's the choice. My will be done or thy will be done. That's the choice we got, guys. Every day we wake up. Am I living for me? Am I living for God? You see, we sang a song just a little while ago, one of my favorites, Good, Good Father. You see, why would you, why would you decide, despite everything we believe in America, that I don't want anybody to tell me what to do and I want to do anything I want to do, to submit your will to God? Here's the reason. Because he's a good, good father. I mean, he loves you. In a few moments, we're going to the, the Lord's Supper. And, and guys, if you're not sure he loves you, what we're about to partake of proves beyond a shadow of a doubt how much he loves you. I mean, it's clear how much he loves you. He gave his life for you. The Father gave his son for you. And so I come to the point where I trust him, actually, more than I trust me. He's a good, good father. And the Bible says he's going to give us good gifts. We'll talk about that next week. But listen to me. If you're a good, good father, you also say no to your children. If you're one of these parents that's permissive, that you think you're doing your kid a favor by telling them they can do whatever they do, I'm just going to tell you, I'm not trying to be ugly here, you're not a good parent. Because good parents say no. Now, here's the problem, though. It doesn't feel right. When I say no to my child, I know that it's going to lead to a little bit of tension and conflict, and I really don't like it because the moment I say no. But there are some things that I know are so bad for my children that love will not allow me to say yes. And so I'm willing to put up, parents, and you're willing to put up with some temporary tension in your home Because you want what's best for your children. Listen, all of God's blessings are yes. He wants to bless you out of your mind. But there are some moments that you come to a decision that God has to say no, not because he doesn't love you, but because he does love you. And so when you look at the restrictions that Jesus gives, it's out of him being a good, good father. Now, you can learn this from the words we've looked at in the Bible today. Or you can choose to go out and experiment with everything under the face of the earth and figure it out yourself. That's a very dangerous path. You may not live through it physically or spiritually. Or or you can learn from God's Word and the experience of people who've been through it. And so right now, I want to call the stage a good buddy of mine, Tim Lee. And I want Tim to share with us a moment about his life and some enslavement that he was in and how God freed him. Um, most of you, or many of you, know Tim. Tim, um, Tim's a great part of this community, great part of this church. He helps to run our recovery program on uh, on Wednesday nights. In in fact, he runs it with a guy back there named Ed Bice. And Tim's been telling me all week long that he didn't want to do this. So finally, I knew who to go to. I went to Ed and I said, Ed, I want Tim to to share, but he's telling me no. And Ed said, I'll take care of that. So Ed went to RSVP Overcomers Wednesday night and announced that Tim was going to share this morning. So um, that's why we find ourselves here. Uh, If you know Tim's story, Tim got into a gambling addiction. He'll tell you a little bit about how it started and how it went. Um, But Tim, just tell us a little bit about how did that get started and what do you think deep down you were looking for? Well, first I want to say... um, not fun doing this, but uh, if I can share or give hope to anybody in this room that may be in a dark moment, that's what I want to do. Is I, I love sharing about 
God's grace and his love for us. Um, I was raised by God-fearing parents and uh, no reflection to them <clears throat> for, for a lot of things that I've done in my life. But I was uh, I loved to play basketball. I was a, uh, I call a gym rat. I was compulsive to, you know, just play basketball all the time. And um, when you have that addictive behavior, um, uh, I remember starting to learn how to, you know, bet on ball games and what I was looking for I guess was maybe feeling time or having fun or um, feeling a, a void that maybe uh, competing again and it grabbed me like uh, you know uh, when I won uh, it was a high that I never it was kind of like winning a ball game and um, the, the problem was I never could uh, handle losing and um, Gambling is, is a uh, very easy addiction to hide until you run out of money. So that uh, uh, was a problem. But really, <clears throat> through that, what I was looking for was really I just kind of got in it to having fun. So it went from gambling on games to how did you end up gambling? Uh, well, <clears throat> you know, I was gambling before I got married and then um, uh, uh, kept it going while I got married. And I can't... Uh, tell you how many times I lied to my wife or really wasted so many Thanksgiving, Christmases, uh, just stuck to a TV watching uh, ball games. And um, she caught me several times and finally I, I, you know, I told her I promised her I'd never do that again and lost money that I didn't have. I affected our marriage. Uh, and I, but I moved, you know, I really tell people when you have an addictive behavior, if you don't fill it with something else, you don't fill it with something good, you're going to fill it with something else. And really, I, I made that addiction to day trading in the stock market, and, I, and it grabbed me like uh, I've never been grabbed and um, ran with it. I'm unbelievable. So, so you're looking for that fulfillment. You're looking for that something to fill your time. What did you find when you got in this addiction? Uh, a lot of misery. Um, um, a lot of secretness, uh, uh, a lot of people, I really read people's eyes, you ask them how they're doing. If you had asked me how I was doing back then, I wouldn't look you in the eye, I would kind of look away. Um, I'm a pretty good reader of people that may be hurting. I can read their eyes how they, when I ask them how they're doing. Um, I love sharing um, the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, really. <coughs> Most people don't know, when they got thrown in the fire, um, the only thing that burned was, it says they were bound. They, were, they had ropes on their hands. And when they got thrown in the fire, they came out and they were free. And um, <coughs> through my life, um, I believe the Lord says he disciplines the ones he loves. And uh, I know he loves this fat boy right here. He... Uh, um, <coughs> Sometimes we have to get thrown in the fire. We have to, you know, probably the worst, best day of my life is when the ropes were free. And when um, I came clean uh, with my wife, uh, we just built a house, um, and I was in debt over my head. And uh, it was like a piano off my back when I, you know, the Word says, confess your sins one to another, that you may be healed. And... Um, it was like a piano just to 
<clears throat> freedom, saying, you know, I can't do it anymore. Just really come, come free with honesty. And that week we had a, um, a revival with Joe Bain. And probably one of the hardest, best things I ever did was come forward to this church and, and admit that my life was uh, <clears throat> totally unmanageable, uh, out of control. And um, one thing I believe about family, about this church, there's so many people in this church uh, that have helped me whew, along the way, never gave up on me, never um, judged me. Um, encouraged me, and there was a lot of dark times, a lot of uh, depression, because the devil, what the devil wants to do, once you <clears throat> mitch whatever you're dealing with, he wants to beat you up, he wants to keep reminding you um, uh, how weak you are, how um, <clears throat> shortcoming you are, but what I want to remind you is um, the freedom that uh, coming clean and and the Lord says he don't even remember. When you come to him, he don't even remember. When you confess your sins, he don't remember what you do. I'm not going to say, you know, there's consequences in sin. There's a lot of consequences in what I did. Uh, I suffered a lot through um, uh, finances and um, uh, beating myself up and uh, actually just being a good dad and father um, through all the stupid things I did uh, through gambling. Tell Tim, tell them about the moment um, that sharing your wife, you know, that low moment, what she did that really turned some things around. And this is probably hard for, uh, probably the lowest, when I came clean with my wife, <clears throat> I was, I don't know if, I was almost suicidal. I was, um, we just built a house and I left the house and um, I remember going down the interstate and it was probably as low as you can get. Sun was beaming down on me and my wife called me and um, she gave me whew, some words. She told me she still believed in me and um, I didn't even believe in myself at the time. And um, I really never listened to music, especially Christian music. And I turned the radio on right after that and um, there was a song by Don Moen. It says, God will make a way when there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot sing. God will make a way. And um, I listened to that song in my quiet time for two years every day because um, I was in a, in a place that I didn't know how I was going to get out. And um, through my shortcomings, it's been an unbelievable blessing. It's put me on a platform to... Uh, normally when I share my stories, when somebody's in the ditch somebody's in an affair, somebody's um, as low as they come. And what I want to do is give them hope, you know, that uh, God is unbelievably in love with you. He don't make junk. He made me. Uh, he has a plan for every one of us. Um, and he could take our weakest moments and uh, use it for his glory. Um, so that's really why I'm up here today is um, to share that God never gives up on you, he, uh, no matter what you've done. Now, I think we come to a moment in our service where we're, we're reminded about that. We're about to go to the table. We're about to take what we call communion together. Tim, tell us, um, how does communion remind you of what Jesus has done for you? How does it, how does it serve in this whole process? One, one thing that I, I believe strongly is um, about abiding in the Lord 
You know, since Jesus went out in the morning and prayed, and I start every day of my day uh, asking the Lord uh, to help me to turn my will and my care over to him, and, uh, and um, really preaching about I'm the vine and ye are the branches. And I really, in our class, I make a big deal about how much God loves us. Uh, in Ephesians, it says his love is so big, the mind cannot even comprehend and one day I gave everybody an assignment to read John 15. And I really wanted them to get about the quiet time. And uh, they came back, and there was this guy named Fabian. And I said, did y'all read John 15? And Fabian said, man, I read John 15. I said, what would you get out of John 15? And he said, Jesus is my friend. I said, um, where's that at? And he said, John 15, 13, Mr. Lee, it said, no greater love than this, than a, fr a man to lay down his life for a friend. And he said, I read this, that Jesus gave his life for me, and he's my friend, and uh, he loves me. And the communion is just a reminder of how much God loves us, how much he cares for us, that um, uh, he never gives up on us, and that um, he longs for us to have, have a place with him in heaven. And uh, whatever you're struggling with today, I, I pray that you release it. I pray that there's healing and confession, but there's also, when we come to the table, is to be family and to encourage each other. The words my wife gave me today, I believe the word, it says the word can breathe life or death, and I pray that we breathe life on people, that we give them hope. And uh, even in the darkest moments, I can't, ex and do know, I make, I still struggle. I still have uh, struggled being a dad, uh, a husband. Um, um, but I know God loves me. I know he has a place for me. And the word says that <clears throat> his blood makes us right with him. And what's great about the communion is we, we're reminded about his blood. And when we stand before the Lord on judgment day, he's not going to look at all the junk in our life. He's going to look at the precious blood of the lamb that makes us right with him and by trusting him we can have life and have it abundantly amen well i think we're we're ready to go to the table so let me tell you what we're going to do the next few minutes if you're our guests we have tables scattered around the worship center we'd love you to go and take the bread and the cup but also during this time if, if, if you need just like tim did years ago and i can remember that that night he came forward if you need to come clean meet me over here on the front row and um, we'll, we'll, you, you can write down whatever you want to say to the church, and we'll say it, and we'll pray for you before you get out of here. I'm also going to ask Tim, after he prays for communion, Tim, if you would sit right there on this front row. If, if anybody just wants to come talk to Tim a minute, um, that would probably be a wise thing to do and because he's, he's got a lot of experience to share. And one of the coolest things about God is he can take the worst thing in your life and in the long run use it for your greatest ministry. And I think we've seen that today. So, Tim, if you'd pray over um, the bread and the cup, then we'll go to the tables. And if you need to end up here on the front row with us somehow, feel free to come up here. We're going to pray before we get out of here. Lord, what an honor and uh, privilege it is to call you Father. And uh, I just thank you, Lord, that um, you love us so much that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to uh, take our place on the cross. I pray, Lord, that our mind will go back to Calvary, and uh, uh, I thank you so much for the blood and the body. I thank you, Lord, for Jesus. 
our best friend. I thank you, Lord, that she can turn uh, the worst thing in our life to the best thing and that uh, count it a joy when we go through trials because it builds endurance and endurance builds character. And then you know how much you love us because you gave us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with your love. I thank you for what you've done and what you're going to do. I thank you through um, um, each other that we may encourage each other, that we may point people to the cross. I pray, Lord, that um, we may give a word of hope, a cup of water in your name today. I pray you, you give us your eyes to see the hurt in this world and that we may can wrap our arms around them and, and point them to you. In the name of Jesus, amen.